You are listening to Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future with Naomi Brockwell. In this world, nothing is certain but death and taxes. Death and taxes? Actually, both of those are probably debatable. But if you are filing crypto taxes this year, I thought I'd go over some tips to help you and also some tips for things that you can write off. To start with, this is not tax advice. I'm not an accountant nor a tax lawyer. This is all stuff that I learned and wanted to share. So if you're looking for actual advice, consult a professional. And I'll also give another disclaimer. This is not an endorsement of taxation. I know there are many of you who will argue that it's ethical to contribute taxes to support public goods in a society, but a significant portion of your taxes goes towards funding controversial things like military invasions and occupations. Renowned American philosopher Thoreau famously stopped paying taxes to protest slavery and the American invasion of Mexico. Now, I'm not suggesting everyone needs to be Thoreau. On the contrary, if someone is pointing a gun at you and telling you to do something, it's usually best that you do it. I've known many people scared off of crypto by taxes. My goal is to help make it a little less daunting and explain that it's not a showstopper and bring a few more people into the fold to start using crypto every day. A trend amongst many um, corporate treasurers is to hold Bitcoin. Uh, on their balance sheet and even some other coins like uh, Ethereum. Roger Brown is a tax lawyer who was for years IRS special counsel. He now specializes in crypto. From a tax perspective, the US tax law treats it as generic property. This means that crypto transactions are subject to capital gains taxes, just like stocks and bonds. Events that fall under capital gains include selling cryptocurrency for fiat, using crypto to purchase goods and services, or swapping one crypto for another. There's a box at the top of your regular income for your Schedule 1. It says, at any time during 2020, did you receive, sell, send, exchange, or otherwise acquire any financial interest in any virtual currency? If you just hold digital assets without having acquired it um, and without having sold it, um, you don't have to tick that box. Let's say you bought some crypto in 2016, but you haven't touched it since and you haven't bought any more, you haven't sold any. There's no need to tick that box. Now, some very cautious crypto lawyers might encourage you otherwise. So get advice suited to you. If you do tick this box, you have to fill in some other areas on your taxes, like Form 8949. Form 8949 uh, contains the detail of the list of assets you sold. So you report the detail you have to identify the relevant asset. You have to say when it was acquired and um, say when it was sold. You calculate your gains and losses from these values. You then add that form 8949 to your form Schedule D. An example of how to calculate losses, let's say you made $20,000 trading Robinhood, but you lost $24,000 trading crypto, or you had a net loss across all your trading of $4,000. You can offset all capital gains owed of your $20,000 profit to zero. Now you're left with a $4,000 loss, but some of that can actually be used to reduce your ordinary income up to $3,000. So you can apply $3,000 to your ordinary income and any leftover gets carried over to your next tax year. In this case, you would carry over a $1,000 loss that could be deducted from next year's taxes. Whew. What are some other losses that could be claimed? Well, exchange hacks, theft, accidents, and Ponzi scams are all losses that you can claim. They go on your Form 8949 as $0 proceeds transactions. So if you bought crypto for $15,000 and you lost your private key, you report a loss of $15,000. 
How do you file taxes if you earn crypto? Well, it's just counted as regular income. You record the value of the crypto at the time you received it. But if you sell or convert any of that crypto, then that appreciation or depreciation is subject to capital gains. What about more complicated things like staking or airdrops? If they had acquired an asset, but not through a sale, mm -hmm. so there's an airdrop to them or they were paid crypto interest, Mm -hmm. um, they were on BlockFi and Gemini and they got a payment. They were on Kraken staking and they're getting ETH. Mm -hmm. Those would go on schedule one. But it's crazy to me that airdrops are considered income. What if there's an airdrop and let's say my ledger device doesn't even support that coin? Have I technically received it? The IRS just clarified it um, to, to, it, to embrace a dominion and control concept. If you don't have dominion and control of the asset, including your ledger wallet example, I, you don't have to include it at that time. You only get access to it at the time when you can uh, control the asset. So you aren't counted as having received those assets until you're actually in control of them. And if you're never in control of them, then you don't owe anything on them. What about mining? And the IRS has said mining is a business. So therefore you have to file a, even another schedule called uh, Schedule C, which is a form for trader business. Another schedule, another tax. But if you do claim your miner as a business, then you can also say you're self-employed, which means you get a reduction for a contribution to a, a self-employed pension. You can claim 25% of your compensation or $57,000. Whichever is lower, and it's claimed against your ordinary income. Another neat trick, if you have an IRA or a Roth IRA, which are basically long-term retirement accounts, you can be putting money aside in crypto. Fidelity and Vanguard and others like that do offer the over-the-counter products a bitwise and Grayscale. These are managed crypto funds that you can buy shares of. So you can buy Grayscale's Bitcoin fund and it follows the price movements of Bitcoin closely. And you can buy them in a Roth or you can buy them in a regular IRA. You can put up to $6,000 into these crypto funds each year. If the value of Bitcoin appreciates, you don't pay capital gains on it. Holding a position in a managed fund isn't as good as holding the real thing, but there are definite tax benefits. Final tip, donations. If you bought $100 worth of Bitcoin and now it's worth $60,000, if you donate that to a 501c3, a type of nonprofit that's exempt from federal income tax, that entire $60,000 is tax deductible and and you don't have to pay capital gains on anything that you donate. You get a deduction based on the fair value of what you're given. It's a great way to give value of one Bitcoin, 60,000, um, without having to recognize the sale of the asset. So if there's a cause that you want to support, this may be a good use for your cryptocurrency. 501c3s are usually religious, charitable, scientific, literary, or educational organizations. My channel is actually part of a 501c3. So if you wanted to support the content that I make with a tax deductible donation, there's a link in the video description. You can also donate as much as you want to any 501c3 anonymously if you don't want to take the deduction. If one had the um, wallet address of a charity, 
they could transfer digital assets to a charity just into their wallet. So perhaps you should encourage your favorite 501c3 to accept crypto. More and more institutions are comfortable holding crypto and they have a view towards it moving up. But if your favorite 501c3 isn't ready to accept crypto, perhaps they can go through something like the Giving Block or BitPay that can accept the crypto donation on their behalf. Now it can be difficult to determine the value of some assets when you're filing your taxes. For example, tokens that aren't on exchanges yet. Value of crypto can be uncertain because sometimes crypto is traded for other crypto. Roger actually has a company that provides software that can help. Luca has um, different software offerings. Um, the first is a pricing methodology. And the S&P just announced that it's software that they're using to determine the values of their new crypto indices. Hopefully this video shed a little light on filing crypto taxes. Just understanding crypto itself can be exhausting. And when you pair that with tax law, it can be massively intimidating. I feel bad for people who just are new to tax. Crypto is just another layer on top of all these existing rules. But don't despair. Learn the tricks and you too can captain this ship. I'm the captain now. To watch the video version of this episode, please visit Naomi Brockwell TV on YouTube, BitChute or Library.io. I'm a Bitcoin fan and I'm